0: Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your series-by-series series check-in for Cubs news, notes, and banter. We're an official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites, and you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. You can also follow us at twitter.com at at Cup of Cubby Blue. My name is Sarah Sanchez, and I write about the Cubs for Bleed Cubby Blue.
1: Hi, guys. I'm Andy Cruz a and I am a shell of a voice this episode, so I apologize.
0: It's social media night. Take your voice.
1: (laughs) It was, you know, I was fine on Tuesday morning when I woke up. It was a little scratchy, but it just progressively got worse. And I woke up this morning. It was completely gone. I could not talk at all. And then throughout the day, it got a little bit better. So maybe possibly, but I feel like the last couple of times I've gone to Chicago, I've come back with no voice. So I think it's, I just, I put a lot of energy into my time there. So.
0: Okay, well, we'll do the best we can and hope that Andy's voice holds out for our 40-minute episode. Um, social media night was awesome. How great was it to see everyone? Andy, I was so glad you got to come visit.
1: My goodness. I mean, this was, I, I cannot decide if this is my fourth year or my fifth year, but I know it's at least my fourth year. Um, so it's funny because, like, a lot of these people, you only see – either this night or maybe one other night, one other night, like maybe opening day or something like that. So we really try to pack it all in. And these days, you know, some, some of us were there for a couple of days and some just for the event and that sort of thing. But we definitely try to pack it all in and and spend as much time as we can together. And, you know, it's just such a well-done event by the Cubs and, you know, every corner of Twitter and social media is, is represented. So it's really nice to like put faces with handles and that sort of thing. So, um, and just all around, you know, these people have become my friends. So it's, it's just kind of, you know, it it reiterates the fact that you really can make friends on social media. I know that's kind of a stigma, but you really, you really do meet good people on social media.
0: Oh, totally. It's, A blast. And I say this as like, I'm kind of an introverted homebody. Like, I don't want to go out and I don't want to be out there. Like, you know, if given my druthers, I will sit on my couch and watch the Cubs and or go to Wrigley by myself and watch the Cubs and be perfectly fine. Um, But hanging out with you all is so much fun. And I was really excited to see everyone at social media night. It was really fun hanging with the Bleacher Nation crew and with some of our other friends. Crawley was out there in the bleachers with us. Uh, Michael Bowling from the Cubs came by and said hi and took a selfie with us. Kim and Nicole were there. Melissa was there. It was just a great group of people, and I had a blast.
1: Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah, so we had our friends from away games that showed up, which Oh
0: yeah. Right. I that didn't was, know Kevin was going to be there.
1: Yes. That was kind of a surprise that we found at the last minute. That was really nice to see them again. Um, it was just, it, yeah, it's such a, it's such a great event. It's such a great opportunity for all of us to, to get to know each other, each other better on a personal level. And, you know, and it just helps cement what we do all year. You know, it just helps with what we, if we're podcasting, if we're blogging, whatever it is we're doing, we all are very supportive of each other and it helps kind of, you know, stabilize that and make sure everybody just, you know, stays fresh on each other's minds when we have events like this. So I really appreciate that they do it. I'm, I'm happy I get to come. Um, I know at Cubs actually gave me a hug on the way out and said, thank you for making the trip. So it tells me that they kind of pay attention to who their people are, which is really nice too.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, Travis and Nicole and Michael and the whole at Cubs team did just a really great job with the whole event. And so definitely uh, if you're in the area or if you can make it to Cubs social and it's been on your list of like, maybe I should do that. Maybe I can't make it in 2020. I promise you will not regret not regret it. Um, Also, the Cubs winning that game was great. It's the only game that they won in this Red Series. And We're going to talk about that in a minute because it was really kind of a bummer to drop two of three at home to the Reds.
1: Yeah, definitely not doing what we told them they had to do. This was a team that's a very beatable team. For some reason, they play like, you know, they're the Yankees against the Cubs, which I just don't, I will not understand this. And hopefully this goes away in the offseason because I cannot handle another season of having a losing record against a team like the Cincinnati Reds. So, um, Yeah, it was really tough to watch. I think tonight was probably the hardest one for me to watch. Um, It's just, it's bad. It's bad when you know these are teams we can be beating. Yes, the injury bug has hit us hard, but we still have good players out there. We still have the ability to beat good teams. And I'm telling you right now, that is going to be tested big time in our next week and a half of baseball that we have left. And, you know, if we can't pull a rabbit out of the hat with what we have, then, you know, the, the season might end before we all want it to.
0: Yeah, we're going to jump into that. Um, before we do, just a quick injury update, because you did mention the injury bug, and we have a lot of injuries to talk about. Um, so Anthony Rizzo, we talked about last week, you know, he had a pretty bad, or not last week, last episode, we talked about a pretty bad ankle sprain that he had. Honestly, we got the best possible news that we could, which is that he's not going to need surgery, that there's no broken bone, he's been wandering around in a boot, and he has this scooter that's like all decked out with tassels and baskets. He's been riding around Wrigley.
1: Um, And I I have to give a shout out to our new friend, Kara, who we got to meet this trip to. (laughs) Um, She definitely was the first one I saw post that. And I'm telling you what, if you have not seen this, you need to go seek it out and it wouldn't be hard to find. This thing is ridiculous and so appropriate.
0: It's so great. I mean, it just, it tells you everything you need to know about Rizzo, who was really a big kid. And like, he could totally just be bummed about the fact that he's hurt in September as the Cubs are playing meaningful baseball and he needs to be out there. And instead, you know, he's got this scooter decked out with like tassels and a basket. And he's talking about how he's going to do everything possible to get back out there with the boys. And when he said that, it actually reminded me a little bit of David Ross. Cause that's what David Ross always talks about. Like, got to do it for the boys, got to hang with the boys. And I was like, Oh, I just, I love Anthony Rizzo. I want nothing but the best for him. And, You know, Victor Caratini, Wilson Contreras, they've been doing a good job out at first base, but nobody can replace the heart of this team, which is Anthony Rizzo. So please get well soon and keep, you know, whatever prayers you've got for Anthony Rizzo, keep sending them up. Um, Javi Baez, who has a hairline fracture in his thumb, is getting reevaluated at the end of the week to see if he can start rehabbing. I mean, that would be a miracle, right? That If he was able to start rehabbing at the end of this week.
1: Well, Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure, because that timeline would be completely chopped in about a quarter right there. Yeah, that's an um, aggressive timeline. <laughs> yeah, that's extremely aggressive. But, you know, if this team is going to to pull some magic out of, out of whatever pockets they have right now, I think Javi Baez might have something to do with that because he is El Mago. Let's not forget that. So um, I would not be surprised if we see him before the end of the regular season. I honestly wouldn't. Would it be the smartest idea? Probably not. But this team is completely desperate. Um, they're lacking a sense of urgency, which they definitely need to get back. And I think if anybody can come in without having to wear a cape and save this team, you know, a little Javi Bias energy would not hurt.
0: I mean, I don't, I, I'm going to dispute that they're lacking a sense of urgency. I just think they're having a hard time putting it together. It's not like they don't know where they're at. If anything, I think they're far too aware of that. You know what I mean? I I feel like there are times where, They're trying to push too hard. Like, for example, in the early innings of tonight's game, it's Wednesday, we're recording right after the Cubs just dropped to the Reds in extra innings. They ran themselves out of a couple of innings on the base paths, and it was almost like people were trying too hard to make things happen. Castellanos almost ran himself out of a single, too, by trying to stretch it into a double and just got really lucky that the, the tag was terrible.
1: Yeah. And there was a couple of at-bats that were just really hard to watch too. You know Schwarber had a couple really bad at-bats um, or uh, uh, swung at a couple of pitches that he has not normally been swinging at. So yeah, I, I could see that I was trying to force something. Uh, Chris Bryant had a really bad strikeout at the beginning of the game where he swung at ball four, I think twice. Um, and one time was lucky enough to foul it off and um, should have been on base. So you know maybe their their look of desperation is a little different to me but i just feel like you know if you're if you are have that sense of urgency and you do feel a little bit desperate then maybe you should um really focus on what the what the best way to to start manufacturing some runs cuz obviously we got quieted down quite a bit the last two games against the reds and our offense is did not look good tonight, going into a very important series against the Cardinals. So, um, I hope they can kind of just, you know, they leave this one behind and, and start off fresh because we we need it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you knew they weren't going to score eleven runs a game forever, but it would have been nice to see a little bit more scoring in games two and three against the Reds. Before we jump into all of the games, a couple more injuries because we're not done with the injury list yet. So. Kimbrell has thrown a sim game and he is expected back on Thursday or Friday. Look for him to be activated soon. Kinsler was out um, tossing in the pregame today on Wednesday to test his oblique. So hopefully he can come back soon as well, because the other thing that I noticed particularly in game three against the reds, and, and this is no knock on these kids who have been in the bullpen and are kind of untested and like, have really been holding it down. I mean, I'm talking about Rowan Wick. I'm talking about Kyle Ryan. I'm talking about this Brad Wet guy. Like, they have been killing it <laughs> in really big spots for a while now. But if I told you that the 7, 8, and 9 guys down the stretch were going to be Rowan Wick, Kyle Ryan, and Brad Wick, like, you would have gone crazy about that in April. You
1: nobody In April, crazy. I probably would have said who? <laughs>
0: like nobody would have been okay with this you would have thought we were like 20 games out so look for Kimbrell and Kinsler to potentially join the club again sometimes during the Cardinals series and hopefully they're well and pitching well because when those guys are on they are a huge boost to this pen
1: yeah we definitely need some help there and I think um you know, whatever, at whatever point, you know, I, I, they're comfortable coming back and being effective because that's, what's important. You know, like Kinsler said he went out there and his fastball just was not hitting the the numbers and he was not effective and he did not want to put that on the team. So, I mean, not only be smart about your injury, but be smart about how effective you're going to be out there because if you're hurting your team, then it makes zero sense to try and rush a comeback. Totally.
0: Um, let's jump into these Reds games and just do our normal recap. So game one was social media night. We already talked about that a little bit. The Cubs uh, won this game 8-2, to which was outstanding. But really, the thing that worried me the most about this game, Cole Hamels looked pretty shaky again. Alec Mills, on the other hand, looked good. Um, and Kyle Schwarber just continued to break. He had his 37th home run. And he has been, frankly, with Rizzo and Baez out, Schwarber has been holding down the offense to so, to a large extent.
1: Yeah, and I think that – I think you're going to notice that people have quieted down quite a bit about him because his consistency is there, you know. I mean, it's been there for a while now. Um, and you, you 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 hear a lot of talk about, you know, he's an American League player. You know, he's meant to, to play down there, blah, blah, blah. Okay, you know, whatever. Everyone's allowed to their opinion. But I think he has really – he's really made some vast improvements in left field. Um, I can't say I'm always 100% confident in his ability out there because obviously he's not a natural left fielder for, you know, for the major league, like coming in that was not his natural position. So that always makes me a little weary, but he has done very, very well out there as far as learning and and getting better. And his at-bats, other than like tonight, when I said he swung at a couple of really bad balls that he had gotten really good at laying off he's he's had some very good at bats and he's just crushing the ball which is always good to see especially when there are games when he's our only source of offense so
0: <laughs> uh, yeah I and and he's been hitting to all parts of the field he's been you know tonight he had a sacrifice fly and a big spot for the Cubs one of the only reasons the Cubs got two extra innings to be quite frank I mean I just I, I, I have been on the Kyle Schwarber is going to get there he's Theo's new david ortiz project and he's not going anywhere trained for a while now but it's nice to see him really kind of living up to that potential and he's been he's looked great um particularly in september and, and august
1: oh definitely definitely and i really hope you know i i read a couple of people talking about it tonight that um 2016 they would not have won the world series without schwarber and he was definitely clutch in a lot of different ways and i think we kind of really need him to stay hot and be that clutch again in these in these final few days and these games against st louis and and really do some damage because um he is somebody that if he is producing if he's hitting and he's hitting to all parts of the field i feel like that energy kind of carries over so um You know, he's just such a, an animated player too, when he's, when he's psyched and, you know, I like his, his bat flips have become a lot quieter, which I think are kind of like more meaningful. And I love that too. So it's always fun to see that if we could see some home runs against St. Louis, so I could peep some bat flips, that'd be great.
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm here with that. I'm here for that. Um, Game two was less good. The Cubs lost this game four to two. Um, Kyle Schwarber was the offense. He had an RBI triple. He had an RBI double. He was bunting in the late innings, trying to get base runners on, which I thought was just such, I, it showed what a selfless guy he is in terms of trying to do anything for the team. And Frank, and the other thing that I want to talk about with this game is you Darvish man. And I, I get it. He was shaky in the first inning and that is the reason that the Cubs lost this game, but he is historically good right now in terms of the number of strikeouts he has to the number of walks. And he set a new club record for strikeouts in a row, striking out eight reds in a row on his way to 13 total strikeouts for the night. So going to need you to keep doing that.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I, I tweeted this yesterday because I know there's an awful lot of people. I I love you, and I've always kind of backed you, not knowing that we would get this version of him, hoping, but not knowing. Um, so I, I had a lot of people kind of come for me when I was when I was doing that you know grandstand march when we first got him a couple of years ago so I kind of called him out and I was like listen I know you know he had his he had his rough first inning but he overall since you know July 2nd you've heard Sarah and I talk about over and over again how amazing he has been how consistent he's been his um you know his ratios are ridiculous his stuff I mean he's got 10 pitches 10 pitches he has 10 pitches let that sink <laughs> in for a second and what um, of you learned from- Craig Kimbrough, like a month ago. (laughs) That's insane. I mean, he's just, and I think the thing that to me makes the biggest difference with him is that he's got a swag now. And I think that is so important because people totally underestimate what confidence can do for somebody out there who is being questioned by a lot of different sources. You know, coming into the season, there was a lot of question marks with him and what he was going to be able to do this year and what you, Darvish, the Cubs would see. I think he's answered a lot of those questions and with authority, you know, and, and for him to have that swag and that confidence, you see his personality coming out. You see all kinds of stuff happening for him on the mound and, um, making connections with catchers and, and, you know, his, his teammates and everything else. It's just so refreshing and so great that this is the pitcher we were waiting for. Unfortunately, it took us a little longer than we wanted to get him, but, he's here and he's doing historical things. And we need to appreciate that and stop being such negative Nancy's about this guy. Cause he's ours. He wears our uniform. Let's, you know, back him. Cause this is great, great pitching that we're watching.
0: Absolutely. And right now he is really the ace of the squad. So going to need you to keep that up. Game three, Wednesday night. I mean, this is what this game is what stress was made of. I, I, If I didn't have a lucky manicure right now, I definitely would have bitten all of my fingernails off, but I couldn't because I had to like preserve the lucky manicure. Um, Look, the Schwarber sack fly was great. Wilson Contreras hit a super clutch home run to tie it. And by the way, him and Castellanos have some kind of secret handshake and I've never needed to know anything more than the Wilson Contreras and Nicholas Castellanos secret handshake. And I was really hoping that we could just nerd out about that for a while here. But I I kind of feel like we can't because the Cubs dropped this game, giving up a run with two outs in the 10th. And I get it. Like James Norwood is not, or Underwood, like neither of these guys are like the guy that you thought was going to be pitching in that situation in September, but could not give up a run to the Reds in the 10th inning with two outs at this point in September, when you have a chance to pull away from the brewers and hold steady with the Cardinals. I was just, it made me really, really sad. And I didn't want to be sad.
1: Yeah. This is kind of one of those games where you feel like um, this, this, I mean, I know we've said this about a lot of different games, but I mean, we really are down to the final minutes and this is like where every second counts. I kind of feel like this game has a potential to be a deciding game on, you know, what direction we end up in and, I mean, crazier things have happened. We are 6-0 against the Cardinals at Wrigley this season, but with the way that they're playing right now and the way that, um, you know, their offense has heated up a little bit, not quite as much as ours, but enough that y- it makes you nervous. I mean, it makes you a little nervous about what the outcomes of these series against them could, could be. So – um, yeah, it was it was really really tough to watch this game, and I did notice the handshake as well. And I think they actually tried it one time and messed it up, and did it again. Like it, it was really cute. I noticed that they were very they were paying attention to detail right there. Um, I yeah, it, it, this was a hard game. This was a really tough game because you kind of felt like when we came back when Wilson hit the home run, you're like, all right, here we go. This is where magic happens. Caratini hits the the double down left field line, which is awesome and well-timed and then we just couldn't do anything with it it was just yeah it was a really hard game to watch it's one of those things where you kind of wish they were manufacturing runs this game because this is where they really could have used it
0: well and Jason Hayward hit a rope but it was foul um and that at bat against Rasiel Iglesias I mean the the last out that Nico Horner made was also a nice line drive shot it was just right at Aquino and so they were making good contact there. They just weren't quite getting it done, and it was, it was a little bit frustrating. Um, so as far as the state of the race goes, the Cardinals beat the Nationals tonight, and the Padres did us a solid and beat the Brewers. So, you know, temporary lifelong Padres fan right now, Friar faithful all day long. Um, that means that the Cubs and Milwaukee are both three games in back of the Cardinals for the division with St. Louis headed to Wrigley for four games, and then the Cubs and Milwaukee are also tied for the second wild card spot, a game and a half behind the Nationals. So the Nationals are going to head to Miami to face the Marlins because, of course, they are. <laughs> um, the Cardinals, like I already said, are going to come in and face the Cubs and the and the Brewers have one more game. Against the Padres, so you know we are all still in our heart of heart Padres fans. So if you I don't mean, know anything about the Padres, you're a Padres fan.
1: <laughs> well, and this schedule is obviously very much beneficial not to us at all. Um,
0: I disagree with that. The Cardinals' part of this schedule is is beneficial because the Cubs have a chance to if to do damage against the team that they need to do damage against.
1: Yes, if that's the way it goes, then yes. Yes, um, as far as strength of schedule, then we're looking at the Nationals and the Brewers have the much the much easier path to um the playoffs there. But yeah, yes. but I would
0: always trade head for head-to-head head games where you can make up tons of ground on the team you need to make up ground for. On uh, to I, the Cubs have not been particularly great against the bottom of the league this year. They have been much better against the Dodgers and the Cardinals and the Nationals than they have been against the Padres or the Reds. And I frankly, like do or die time boys, like do it, do it against the Cardinals. You've got the head to head games. You've got seven of them. You can write your own ending right now. You know what I mean? Whereas if it was like, they didn't write their own ending with the their games against the Padres. They didn't write their own ending with their game against games against the Reds. So do it, do it with the, do it with the Cardinals.
1: <laughs> yeah. I hope that's the way it goes. I really, really do. I, I like these games in Chicago a lot, but I'm sure we will talk about that on the other side.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, as Andy has noted, we should probably take a quick break for our sponsors. And then we're going to talk about four games with the Cardinals heading to see the Cubs in September. And boy, uh this is not for the faint of heart but first a word from our sponsors okay so um we all we all knew this was coming everybody sort of looked at the schedule at the start of the season it was like wow we're going to do like seven games against the cardinals in the last week and a half of the season um it's here the cardinals have a three-game lead in the division as i said before the break um Andy, what do you see in these probable pitcher matchups?
1: Well, Flaherty has been amazing, um basically since the All-Star break. First half of the season was a little shaky and I know you guys have heard me talk about him a little bit. I really do like him. He's got some good crazy stuff, but Hendricks is really good at home. So this is going to be this is going to be a great matchup. I'm actually really excited about this. I wouldn't look for very much scoring because both of these two um I mean, they they hold it in, so it, it, this will probably be a very low offense, low scoring game, which is fine with me as long as, you know, we get that one that counts, which is, I think, what will win this game. Um, but again, Flaherty is tough, and with our bats looking the way they did against a team like the Reds, it's just tough. But like Sarah said, you know, we have played better against the teams, the better teams in the league, so hopefully they can figure this out for for uh, this matchup here in, in Chicago. I like, um, I like who we're bringing out against these guys. I think we really got to pay attention to Hamels and, and what he does. Dakota Hudson is, um, I mean, he's, he's been good. He hasn't been great, you know, definitely beatable. Um, Michaelis, again, also, too, is is um, somebody that we can beat, especially if we're, we're throwing Darvish against him. So uh, Waka, is, he's kind of an opener. I don't know if you guys have paid attention to this. They usually only pitch him for, like, three innings and then bring somebody else in for uh, a few long innings in the middle there. So I would, um, I would definitely side with Q on this as long as uh, he can come out and basically just forget about what happened, his last start, which we all remember all too well how that went um so yeah I mean I really like who we're putting up against these guys especially with a home field advantage four games at Wrigley is um I'll take it all day I am I'm thinking that we very much can go three three out of four um I think it might be a little bold to say with the way that our offense has looked very inconsistent that we can take all four but stranger things have happened and we are six zero against these guys so it's not impossible
0: I mean, as luck would have it, I have tickets to three of the four games, so my 26-4 and record is on the ropes uh, this weekend, and I have tickets um, tomorrow night for the Flaherty-Hendricks matchup, which I I agree with you, that's going to be a pitcher's duel, and that could be one for the ages in terms of low-scoring, crazy pitcher stuff. Um, I do not have tickets to the Saturday game, which is Waka versus Q, and I'm going to talk about that game from a slightly different perspective in a minute. Um, and I do have tickets for the, or I'm sorry, I have I have tickets for the Friday game, which is Waka versus Q. I do not have tickets for the Hudson Hamels game, um, and I do have tickets for the Nicholas Darvish game. So we will see how that goes. I'm looking forward to those games, and I'm also super nervous about it. Um, I am excited because on Friday, a friend of mine and her fiance um Caitlin and Sean if you're listening um are coming to Wrigley Field and uh Sean has been to Wrigley before but I'm pretty sure it's Caitlin's first time so I get to play hostess at Wrigley Field for someone's first trip
1: oh that'll be fun
0: yeah it's gonna be a blast so Cubs I please win on Friday <laughs>
1: yeah yeah note to self
0: um Saturday, I will be watching at home, and I didn't do this on purpose, but I am not going to even try to get tickets for this game. Um, in case you didn't know, Saturday is going to be the Cubs' last home game on WGN. They will WGN will still air some of the away games down the stretch, so it's not like this is the last game on WGN. But when I realized that this was going to be the last game that WGN broadcast from Wrigley, I'm not going to lie, I've been tearing up about it all week. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this is definitely a tough subject for me too. It it hasn't really like sunk in. Like I know we've been talking about this off and on all season and it's been kind of like something that's been looming, you know, like you know it's coming, but you it really you really haven't like thought it out. I just I'm not prepared for this. I think emotionally, I think Saturday is going to be a really tough tough game to watch. Um hopefully MLB will have the I think WGN, they would have the WGN broadcast. That's the only one I would get. So, um Yeah, that's going to be tough. There's a lot of memories in WGN. And I think the majority of folks that are fans from all over the country would tell you that WGN is the reason why they are Cubs fans. And that's um, a big part of how people got to watch the Cubs for so many years um, out of the market. So that's why you see that the Cubs fans that Cubs fans travel so well, because, you know, stations like WGN, which is a nationally broadcasted station, had the Cubs on. Um, would broadcast all their games. So a lot of people grew up watching the Cubs because they were nationally televised, which is quite amazing. So yeah, I I have a lot of um, family memories and a lot of growing up memories and how I learned about baseball and how I learned about the Cubs and um, a lot of stuff happening that happened through WGN. So yeah, it's, it's gonna be super sad. It's gonna be one of those things that I think a lot of people probably don't really realize it's happening until it does and then we'll see a ton of stories on twitter which i'm, I'm all here for because i i plan to share a couple of mine
0: oh yeah i'm gonna be sharing away i am so i am one of those cubs fans who grew up in utah and got to watch the cubs because they were on wgn and i i mean we had this old vhs recorder and i would like videotape the games because i was at school when they were on and I would like run home to watch the videotapes before anybody could tell me what happened because I didn't want anybody to spoil the games for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am just, man, I don't even know. I don't know how to reconcile the fact that there's not going to be a whole new generation of WGN Cubs fans. I'm, I'm actually like really torn up about it. <laughs> um, I know, um, incidentally, if you are not a person who always reads Bleed Cubby Blue, Al has a really awesome a uh, multi-part piece that he's going to publish about WGN in the coming days. So keep an eye out for that. Um, he's done a lot of work looking at the history of the Cubs on WGN, and that's going to be outstanding writing. So please uh, take, if, if you don't normally read Bleed Cubby Blue, you should absolutely check it out for that piece. I think it's going to be incredible. And definitely tweet at us with your memories of WGN and watching the Cubs growing up, because I imagine we're not the only ones, that have those memories out in the audience
1: yeah for Um, sure
0: in addition to Saturday being the last oh now I have to like I have to like shake myself together I'm like get the tears out of your eyes tears out of your eyes um (laughs) uh, let's look at the offense for a second so interestingly and and a lot of this has to do with that crazy hot streak the Cubs were on where they scored like 55 runs in five games um the Cubs bats are on fire right now and like I had to do a double take on this math because I couldn't believe it. Now, now, notably, it does not include Wednesday night's game against the Reds. These are fan graph numbers that I ran as the game was going on. So clearly, they're not included there. But every single Cub who has at least 30 plate appearances in the last two weeks has a WRC plus over 100, which means the whole team, basically, in terms of people getting regular at-bats, has been above average <laughs> in terms of run creation in the last two weeks. And a few people have been like just absurd. So Chris Bryant in that time period is slashing 368, 468, 789 with a WRC plus of 212 and five home runs. Jason Hayward is slashing 351, 478, 703 with a WRC plus of 203 home runs. I mean, Nico Horner is slashing 351, 400, 568, With two home runs, it's just crazy town what these guys have done recently. So I would love to see some of that energy against the Cardinals. I mean, there's no bigger stage and no better time to score a ton of runs than against your rivals at Wrigley for your last home series.
1: Yeah, it's really unfortunate that those numbers did not translate to a better series record against the Cincinnati Reds, because you would think... Um, you know, that they, an offense that's producing like that at that level and that many of them that they would be able to put up some more offense against Cincinnati Reds. But again, this team has been our kryptonite all season. So, um, I, I really hope that they find their, their hot streaks again for this series and, and really like set a tone since this is a four game series that, you know, every game you, 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 you would hate to split. You don't want to split because that's kind of like you basically back to where you started type thing, Um, you want to gain some ground. And the offense that had been showing up the last few games could definitely beat the St. Louis Cardinals four games, but three games definitely. So those guys need to show up. They need to show up big. They need to figure out how to produce some runs against, you know, the the Cardinals are not throwing an easy lineup out there against us. They're not throwing an easy rotation out against us. So we need to be able to put some stuff together and, and score some runs this series.
0: Um, yeah, and and for comparison purposes, if you're wondering, like, how does that compare to the Cardinals and how they're coming in offensively, um, in the last 14 days, Paul Goldschmidt has really been on fire. He's slashing 308, 491, 641 with a WRC plus of 190. Uh, Tommy Edmond has also been playing really, really well right now. He's slashing 304, 360, 674. But those are really the only two guys that are in that same conversation where most of the Cubs are. Their next hottest hitter is Dexter Fowler, who's slashing 231, 388, 385 with a WRC plus of 114. So comparatively, I mean, the Cubs bats are really on fire right now, and it would be awesome to see them do some damage against the Cardinals when it counts and see if we can get our pitching to hold the line um, and keep the Cardinals off the scoreboard.
1: Well, and just because some of you are probably saying who about Tommy Edmund. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's Yes. Um, because I live here, obviously. I know who he is and I know where he came from. And I know that he is the St. Louis Cardinals representation of devil's magic.
0: I was going to say you, devil bird magic.
1: Yes. So they do that every year, you know, at the end of the season, they pull somebody up from one of their, um, you know, I Tommy came from AAA, but they've they've come from places and they just mysteriously come in and are amazing and do all kinds of crazy things. And, you know, like they had this stupid rally squirrel one year. Sorry. I just really don't like the rally squirrel. What about, about
0: the rally squirrel?
1: was really dumb i hated the rally rally squirrel okay Um, i
0: I love all small animals and i think they're adorable and the rally squirrel made me angry
1: okay so yeah see so you get it it was just really dumb it was stupid but it's it's the thing that they use you know to like kind of give their their end of season energy this has been the first time that they're in this spot for a couple years now and if you recall at the hands of the cubs a couple of those times so they want nothing more than to come out and beat the, the pants off of us. You know, they're done. They don't want any, they want this, this, they want the division and they want to beat us to win it. So this is, it's, this is setting up perfectly for them. Um, And they got people like Tommy Edmond coming out of the woodwork to do all kinds of crazy things. So if that doesn't motivate this Chicago Cubs team at the end of the season, I don't know what will.
0: Yeah, I agree. And Look, the Cubs are a little beat up right now. It sucks to be without Rizzo, and it sucks to be without Baez. And But I I believe in this crew of guys to get it done when it counts, and it has never counted more (laughs) than the St. Louis Cardinals for four games in September at Wrigley Field when the Cubs are trailing. Like, if they can run down this Cardinals team, I really feel good about this team in the postseason because they're going to get healthy again, and – Honestly, the sky's the limit if they finally believe in themselves and feel hot. Like I really think that this team could go on a serious run if they can get through this Cardinals gauntlet. I don't know. What about you?
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, this is it's one of those things where we you have to get there. It's just one game at a time. You know, we can't get ahead of ourselves. I know we're we're getting really caught up in watching the standings. And there's only so much we can do, but we have to do what we can do. That's the problem. And like when we've said that, you know, beating a team like Cincinnati Reds was, pertinent to to getting to having some traction against these other teams. And we couldn't do that. You know, I that I remain a bit skeptical about where we're at for the rest of the season. But I mean, there, stranger things have happened. You've seen this team go on really hot streaks and and wheel off a few wins in a row and and look unbeatable. So I'm hoping that that's what we figure out here in the next game or two because it needs to happen fast like we don't have a ton of time this is something that you definitely need to do like in the first inning tomorrow <laughs> like like, yeah, like first at bat yes like, yes. like
0: don't, none of this like oh we'll come from behind late or we'll wait until we get to their reliever or whatever like I would honestly and and I doubt that Hendricks is going to have another 81 pitch Maddox in him like he did his first outing against the Cardinals this year but if he does, I'm here for it. I think that that would be a nice way to kind of quiet them down. They really have struggled against him in the past, and it would be pretty sweet if, if the Cubs could start off with a statement win here and then just kind of roll through and win three of four here. Three of four would be ideal.
1: Yeah, and Hendricks is Hendricks is very good against them, and especially at home. I, I really like that. Like I said, Flaherty has been tough. He's been very tough. He has definite um, – you know, he, he's got good stuff. He's got really good stuff. I mean, we easily could see a no hitter into the fifth, fifth inning, no hitter by both pitch by both pitchers. I mean, that's, that wouldn't be unheard of. So um, I just hope that it being on, you know, on the visitor soil or on, on away soil that maybe that messes with Flaherty a little bit that, you know, I don't know how good he's been at Wrigley. Um, but he's been good at Bush. So maybe our our luck is that we catch him on a, a somewhat off day at Wrigley and we take care of business.
0: Yeah. Um one final note before we sign off because we're almost out of time here. Uh the start time for Thursday's game is a little weird. It got moved up a tiny bit. So the start time for Thursday's game is 615 um just keep an eye on that and then the rest of these games are day games which the cubs have actually been a lot better in day games this year than they have been in night games so hopefully that works to their favor so you have a 615 start on thursday and then friday saturday and sunday are all 120 games and look whatever good vibes you have whatever you believe in prayers thoughts karma Summoning circles, (laughs) other things that I've seen, something that goes
1: against devil's magic,
0: anything, anything you got (laughs) that you can throw against devil's magic. Now is the time people. So the rules are root for the Padres and send all your good energy against Cardinals devil's magic so that the Cubs can take at least three out of four here at Wrigley Field. (laughs)
1: Uh yes. Make my life easier here in St. Louis too.
0: Please. I was gonna say I I hadn't said it yet, but I was gonna say Cubs, please, for Andy. Yeah. <laughs> for Andy's sanity.
1: Yes, yes. I, I left my voice at Wrigley, so please at least do me this solid.
0: Totally. Um that is all the time that we have for today. One last time. I just want to give a shout out to some of the awesome people that we met at Cubs Social and I am going to um, tweet out these handles from the Cup of Cubby Blue account. So if you're not following them already, you should absolutely give them a follow. But um, you really should check out some of the incredible content that people on Cubs Twitter are putting out daily. There's just a ton of smart, fun people following this team. And Cubs Twitter is a great place. And so definitely give these people a follow. Check out our list of people to follow. If you want to follow my personal account, that is bcb underscore Sarah. If you want to follow Andy's personal account, that is briz underscore blue. And as always, you can find us on the at Cup of Cubby Blue account. And we will be back on Monday to talk about all of the things that happened in this Cubs Cardinal series. Until then, we are sending our good energies, thoughts, prayers, and summoning circles uh, the Cubs way so that Andy has an easier go of it in St. Louis and go Cubs. Have a good one. Bye.